Hey, this is Dan Grubb, and that is Aaron Fletcher Smith. And this... only, only on my driver's license, though. My true name is Throat Wobbler Mangrove. <laughs> and this is the Dan and Aaron Lyco Rama music. That really sounded like you hurt yourself on that last one. The last one, yeah, I have to say there's a little a bit cheek? of redness. Yeah, a little bit of redness, a little bit of soreness. That was actually Ooh. hand-to-hand. Yeah, but you know what? Um, all I got to do is uh, put some um, uh, Radio Flake Bomb on it. And uh, my, my hands should be just fine. By the way, do you want to tell uh, the listeners uh, who our um, uh, sponsor is for this week? That's right, Aaron. The sponsor this week is Radio Flakes. Get your nutrition beamed into your body. This with the miracle new product, Radio Flakes. Get your recommended daily allowance of all essential vitamins and minerals. You can get it beamed into a bowl. Beamed into your pantry, beamed into a powder, beamed directly into your stomach, bypassing all your teeth and saving you hours and hours of brushing and flossing that you could spend ordering more Radio Flakes. Be sure to use the, the promo code Lycorama to get extra uh, riboflavin. It's true. Just go to www.radio.flakes.com slash dot dash dot slash dot hash dot radio underscore flakes dot slash dot dash dot radio flakes dot net slash index dot html slash pound. Correct. That's correct. And uh, let's not forget the wonderful Radio Flakes jingle. Absorb amplitude modulation as much as it takes. You want it all in your body? It's Radio Flakes. <laughs> I love those. You know, that's a company I can get behind. Mm-hmm. Well, honestly, you can't get behind them or in front of them because since they're abs- uh, they're transmitting it uh, through your epidermis, it's all around you. So, uh, mm. yeah, you really don't have a choice there. Um much like you don't have a choice about listening to the um, uh, Argentine German composer uh, Mauricio Kekiel. <laughs> you don't. Yes. You do this not is, have a choice. <laughs> this is episode three in our trilogy of old weirdos yes. uh, from Alfred Jari and the Futurist Cookbook. Now it is Mauricio Kekiel. Uh, yeah. We hope we're pronouncing that well. We are suburban yeah. white boys. We're doing our yeah. best. Uh, we we are trying to be respectful of Argentinian pronunciation. By the way, um, Dan, what do you think of that transition? Huh? That's a that was smooth as silk. Smooth so. as shaved silk. Yeah. While we're on the subject, you know what you you know it's smooth silk. You can't get away from. I'll oh, stop. Anyway, I'll stop. Radio flakes. It's true. It's true. The silky f- texture. That doesn't exist of radio yes. flakes. That only exists in your mind in the because morning. the radio waves are beaming the concept and the sensation and feeling of chewing into uh, your cerebellum, therefore making you think that they're actually 
like delicious crunchy flakes when in reality what's going on is that you are uh, being exposed to uh, um, just the appropriate uh, levels of uh, high frequency radiation to uh, help you enjoy the delicious and crunchy flavor of radio flakes. Did you just red pill our sponsor? Uh, no, I clearly radio flake pilled our sponsor, Dan. That's better. Gracious. So, have Mauricio some, have some respect for the radio flakes. Gracious. <laughs> hey, all praise the flakes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, glory to thee unto the highest. We love radio flakes, and we wish that they would continue to pay the millions that it takes for us to put this program in the air. So That's you were going to tell us about Mauricio Cajal? <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, so Mauricio Cajal, he is... Uh, it's getting late! <laughs> Sorry! <laughs> He's an, an Argentinian... Uh, his parents uh, fled Russia in the 20s. He was born in Argentina. And then in the 50s, he moved to Germany. And that's where he stayed the rest of his life. Uh, so that's it for this episode. <laughs> no, uh, so Cahill, uh, he was a composer. And his composer, his composer, his compositions really ran the gamut. Um, they were often experimental. Some of them you could actually just sit down and enjoy like a regular old piece of music. And some of them were more like um, a pantomime with that provides its own soundtrack. And some were just like flat out Dada. Yeah. Um, it's just very, very... I mean, when you're a composer writing music for a symphony or an orchestra or a, uh, a string quartet or whatever, there's a certain amount of performance that you are adding with your sheet music, you know, uh, whether it is the tempo or the dynamics or the vibrato, whatever. But Cahill's compositions go above and beyond that by bringing dramatic techniques, acting techniques, almost clowning techniques to yeah. some of these. It's the really, thing, really neat stuff. You were, you were describing it as Dada, but, um, you know, for, for the uncultured swine out there like myself, the, the it's, it's, um, yeah, that's me. 150% man. Um, it's performative theater of the weird um, in, in that like there are elements of it. The, the thing that's really fun about um, the, the uh, of the pieces that, that, that Dan sent me over and that I had had a watch of, um, <clears throat> they are as much a celebration of the, the weird uh, from an audio perspective as they are from a video perspective. And I, that's, that's the one thing that I really enjoyed the most about um, each one of the pieces is that um, again, it comes back to that, that, that concept that we were talking about with um, finding logic in the absurd, where everything that's going on in um, Kehel's works um, is in itself kind of crazy. 
whether it's the musical instrument or or in certain cases not a musical instrument that's being used to articulate the sound you're listening to or whether it's the images that you're seeing but they all follow a pattern of musical consistency that is kind of built into the back of your brain where you're saying well there's going to be some like consistent melody here and there will be a harmony and at a certain point the melody is going to have to respond back to the harmony there's going to be a chorus there will be verse and it's it's harder to find those in the Kekel works but they're there and that's the thing that I really really enjoyed about watching it is that once you kind of fall into um the uh kind of mesmerizing mind meld process of, of letting his music and the imagery kind of splay across your face. At a certain point you start to go, ah, okay, I see the patterns here. Okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah. There is music here, but figuring out what it is, you can't sit down the same way that you'd be able to sit down at Beethoven's fifth and go, aha. Okay. Da, 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 da. Aha. There's the melody, right? It's um, it's it's more buried in terms of uh, what Kikal is uh, serving to you, uh, yeah. the audience member. It's a lot of fun for that reason too. Yeah, it is it's, a lot of fun. Yeah. You know what it makes me think of is uh, because, like you're saying, it is still music is such, especially classical music, is such an amalgam of logic and emotion because it's on the sheet music in a grid in a precise order it's on the page static and unchanging from performance to performance and it always goes you know whatever the run is it always goes like that and it is Fractions. It's halves and quarters and sixteenths and thirty seconds and triplets yep. and sixlets and other littlets as well. Um, right. And time signatures and divisions and it's very ordered and yeah. logical and systemic. It's very systematic. But the thing that comes out of it is the language of emotion as i don't know somebody said i've seen that on memes a lot music uh, is the language of emotion yeah yes. I've, I've heard that too <laughs> and it's it is it's distilled emotion it makes you happy it makes you sad mm-hmm. it makes you excited it makes you mm-hmm. relax you know uh it makes you patriotic it makes you nostalgic whatever uh function it seeks to perform right. um and that that dichotomy not dichotomy but but when you take that the formula it's like the chemical formula of feelings and it's you can see it charted out on a graph in front of you and yet the effect it has on you is 100% emotion you don't sit there and listen and go Oh yes, I understand that you know the logical 
uh, equations of exactly what effect this is having on my right, right on my like you don't look yeah neurology. you don't look at the third act of Stairway to Heaven on on sheet music and go aha the reason that I have an emotional response to Stairway is right, right here when they begin that crescendo it's like yeah no, yeah, no, yeah. No, no 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 it's entirely removed from what actually what you actually experience when you got your headphones on and you're grooving through until that third <laughs> act yeah yeah. And so with with Cahill, what makes me think of is uh, the the when you take that to an extreme and you and you amplify that idea, you get to was it Arthur C. Clarke who said uh, when science is advanced enough that you don't understand it, it's magic or it be, it's like basically magic. magic. Yeah, it looks yeah, like magic. That's, that's what it yeah. is. It looks like yeah. magic. It's either and that it's or that, Sagan. It's one of those two. Yeah. Um, it's but it's that sort of idea. And watching, mm. we watched all these on on YouTube. We don't like own mm. the sheet music or anything. Um, Not yet. We don't. <laughs> but uh, realizing when you see these performers doing these, you know, these performances and. You know, it's not just, oh, he's playing the violin louder now. You mm-hmm. know, oh, wow, he really did a good role on that snare. It's, it is full on acting right. um, from yeah. these performers. And it is to see them do this and realize, oh, it's all written in the sheet music to do this. Like right. his sheet music would say the type of facial expression that you should do while you're yelling this word. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's so precise that right. it looks improvised. Mm-hmm. It's it's really, really something. Yeah. And and it's the the fact that like especially when you're watching some of the videos and this is the thing that you explained to me, Dan, is that, that there's bits of this where there's a good chunk of this where it's like part of this is the stage direction that's written on the sheet music is now you need to look surprised. It's it's like, okay, all right, I see where he was going with, you know, it's not, he's not just doing the music. He's also, he's um, as much writing music as he is writing um, stage instructions. Yeah. Yeah, he yeah, he he's yeah, exactly. It yeah, it's stage direction in a yeah. in a play. Um and he this is talking about music is is difficult. <laughs> when <you're, laughs> I'm running into the same thing, man. Don't worry. <laughs> I know. It's uh, I I love and the book uh, that took its name from the old, from the saying, you know, someone is talking about uh, uh, analyzing comedy is like dissecting a frog. You don't get a whole lot out of it, and you and you right. ruin a perfectly good frog. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> but it's yeah, it's so Cahill the the music that he made. Maybe we should give some some examples, and then we'll start talking about those examples. Yeah, in greater because, detail. It, yeah, at a certain point, it's going to be you and me um, tripping over our own feet, trying to explain in yeah. words um, what is uh, just in thesis absurdist music. So yeah. it's difficult to explain the music itself. 
and we also don't want it to be like hey and then remember when the guy did this yeah that was cool yep yep um so uh the notes to this episode will have links to youtube videos for um the ones that we're talking about right um so consult that and uh click over as you wish um so some of the this is not an exhaustive list uh as as aaron was getting ready to call me to record tonight i was finishing up watching another video of his that's not on the list um so cahill sort of big pieces as far as i know because i'm new to him uh or he's new to me i mean were uh Stotts theater uh and specifically the repertoire part of that, which is a hundred small performances, and that's very abstract. That was sort of the most data of the of the that pieces that I saw. Yeah. And it's a hundred tiny things that are like less than a minute each. So it's about yes. an hour long. Stotts Theater was very weird, but very wild. I, I really yeah. enjoyed it. Yeah. Um the two-man orchestra is very interesting um it is literally two people and there's like a um a big complicated uh rube goldberg machine playing instruments around them um match is two cellists and a percussionist uh and they play basically a tennis match (laughs) and it's hilarious and i love it that's probably my favorite of his pieces that i've seen there is er which is six r's and each r stands for something uh and that is for that is six percussion duets he really was into percussion which is neat uh one because i played percussion uh in middle and high school and uh and also drums and a million bands, but um, also because it is generally not melodic, and he really played with it and found what you could do with it, found possibility. Um, there is also er five jazz stuka, which is five R's instead of six, and it's five jazz pieces. Um, Lard Bruit. Um, brute art, brutal art for a percussionist and an assistant and Con Voce, another one of my favorites Yeah, Con Voce is great and I'm not going to give it away but I I love it I love it, yeah Um, So yeah, that's the one, two, three, four five, six, sort of seven I'd say the five jazz stuka is more an exception so six and a counter argument <laughs> six and a counterpoint hmm. um do you do you want to jump into one of them first or um there, you want to save the best for last or start off with a great one to be excited about from the beginning i watched match convoce stats theater and um oh i gotta hold on what was the very first one that, that you and I were joking about? There was a smaller one, but the problem is, of course, that Stotts Theater, um, 
which is so long and, and so involved, um, kind of like burnt my brain. Not not burnt my brain, <laughs> but like it kind of it cleared it it cleared everything. Oh yeah, uh, yeah. Um, let's talk about RRR first because yeah, th- there there was something charming in every movement to that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it is. Uh, that's a great word for it. It's very charming. Yeah. Um, in fact, I have written down the five R's. I mean the six R's. I have, I think, what they stand for. Yeah. Um, just make sure that I get it right. Okay. Yeah. Um, so it's six pieces and each one starts with R. So it's railroad drama, Rance de Vaches, uh, which is cattle ranch. Vaches is cows. Uh, Rigau Don, uh, Rimshots and Company, Roof and Rutscher. Uh, Rigaudon is uh, Rigadoon, which is a French Baroque dance. So that was the uh, the third one, the really lively one, with lots of drums and tambourines and stuff. Is the right. is the lively dance? Right. R U F Roof uh, is German for call, and Rutscher, it's. R U T S H S C H E R is German for slider. So, uh, if that helps um, illuminate those pieces for you, that's what they mean. Um, so yeah, uh, so I the, there's so many inventive things in here. The beginning of it, the railroad drama, the first thing that you hear is someone holds a piece of it looks like wax paper like uh, like butcher paper maybe or maybe yeah. tissue paper um a big piece of tissue paper or butcher paper or something uh in front of their face blowing on it um and one performance it was holding it so the flat side is there is to their face and going and the paper goes and it's, you know, the beginning of a train taking off. And I was like, wow, that's a really good imitation of a train. And then another one, they were holding it um, sideways. So the thin, barely an edge side of the paper was to their face. And they were moving their face back and forth, left to right, blowing on it and getting a similar sound from it. I just thought that's yep. so creative. Yeah, Absolutely. for those initial chuff 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 of a and i mean how many different ways have how many different composers tried to recreate a train sound 
you know, whether it's swing time in, in jazz or the, uh, Wynton Marsalis had a great album, um, um, Big Train. And to recreate that sound, all the musicians uh, stomp their feet on the stage. Boom, 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 boom. Boom, 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 boom. Um, you know, people blow through, uh, you know, blow through pipes. They bang on music stands. They tried various percussion instruments, but just a piece of paper as an instrument, I thought was so neat. Right. I really love that. And I know you were telling me earlier, you loved the uh, the second part, the Ranstaveches. Yes. I, I So the biggest reason that I enjoyed the uh, the Ranstaveches is because um, the, one of the byproducts, and I think it was not intentional, of um, there's this element that they did where, and again, it comes back to the fact that these pieces are 50% performative, 50% music. Um, there's an element to the second pe- the the second act of RRRRRRR <laughs> um, where the two artists pour um, tiny pebbles out of um, essentially look like uh, milk like antiquated like 1800s 1900s milk bottles right like yeah. if you think about like not the 50s but like go back another 50 to 100 years and think about like the milkmaid arriving with like a wooden crate with glass yeah. bottles of milk and the thing that i really liked about the fact that they're pouring these pebbles out onto these little tiny I couldn't tell what they were in the video it, they looked like it was um, uh it was cowbells it was cowbells sizes what it was. Yeah, it was cabinets of different like, sizes. So that they're and wasn't there notes. like a siphon? Weren't there like different siphons to make sure that some of the pebbles hit the cowbells? Like that's what I was trying yeah. to figure out. Yeah, yeah. The so, well, again, and it comes down to the different performances of it, and right. you know, just like different guitarists or different trumpeters can can play right. things differently. Right. Same with these. There's you know, ninety percent is Kehel, and then the other ten is the person doing it on stage yeah. that day. The, the, but yeah, that the one. Yeah, it was funnels siphoning it to the different cowbells, and then yeah. I saw one where it was instead of jugs, it was like a grain. It was like a like a grain sack. Oh wow! And oh, just cool. pouring it across by yeah. hand. Um, so yeah, pebbles or grain or corn. I don't know what it what was coming out and being poured on the cowbells. It would make a lot of sense if it was actually corn because um, then yeah. it would go with the farm motif. But um, whatever it was pouring out, the thing that was like the unintentional side effect was that it, maybe it was a, because of the placement of the mic or, or because of the hollowness of the stage below. But they also uh, managed to accomplish the sound effect of uh, rain on a car roof at the same time. So while mm. you hear the cowbells dingling, it also essentially sounds like as, as these grains are hitting the ground or, or hitting the, the, the floor of the stage, honestly, like I'm hearing rain on a roof, you know, rain yeah. on a car roof, rain on a house roof, something like that. Sure. And um, so I thought that was really wild. Um, yeah. 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 I really love that part. And, um, and accompanying that is a recording they have like a tape player with mm-hmm. uh, the sounds of cows mooing, just like ambient 
cows in a field and right. you know maybe someone is singing a folk song yeah distantly you know in the distance yeah it was it was such a lovely you know little two minute um scene it's just a two minute yeah. atmosphere and you're like wow this is really great and it's a hundred times better than the stupid rain sticks they sell at you know guitar center or whatever at sam ash Caveat that these are two artists, uh, in some cases three, depending on the KKL piece being uh, performed, um, in a theater, um, in a darkened environment, like, this is the type of thing where if they panned the camera back to the audience, you'd have an audience of very serious people looking with very discerning eyes at these people doing yeah. very silly things. Very and, strange and, and, things, yeah. Right, 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 right. And and this is as much a, like this is as much a performative piece uh, for the purpose of of articulating the absurd uh, for the artists that are doing it as it is um, kind of that same central motif that that you and I have talked about going all the way back to some of the earliest episodes of Like a Rama, which is um, getting an awkward joke in for the purpose of getting an awkward joke in and seeing how far you can push it before the audience goes, wait a minute. Yeah. Hold on. You're pulling one over on me, aren't you? Right. Yeah. And that is and, something great in watching these videos is yeah. there's such a range of audiences because yeah. some yeah. are like, well, I'm here. At, it's yeah, it's like watching Waiting for Gatto. It's right, some audiences exactly. are, well, I'm here to see the important literature. I'm I'm ready to see the important art now. And others are, oh, right. this is going to be funny. This is going to be yeah. great. Yeah, exactly. And it just depends on who shows up that night. Yeah. Um, and there are some. Well, we'll we'll get we'll get to that audience. Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, R R R R R R or R. Again, we've we've seen it on YouTube. We haven't had it explained mm -hmm. to us. Right. Um, yeah, it's so neat. And then uh, and then yeah, after Railroad and, and the uh, Rance Devesha's, uh, the Rigadoon is such a lively. I mean, you can imagine, you know, people in. Uh, you know, surrounded by their extended family, spinning around in the 1800s with, you know, colorful skirts floating up and down as they spin and hearing, you know, a hundred tambourines going on and everything. It's really, really lively and great. Yeah. And you're just like, yeah. It's like unironically old fashioned and great. Right. Yep. <laughs>
also extremely complicated and difficult. Right, right. Yeah, that you was know. the other thing that I did in the span between when I watched these and before you and I sat down to record was I did uh, I did a Google search on um, Mauricio Kekel's um, sheet music just to see what the sheet music looked like, and it it looked basically the way that I expected it to look. Oh, it's insane! <laughs> it's like, oh, yep, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. And and yeah. the other thing that's really entertaining is that you and I have done a few. We've we've been on we've been in different ensembles where absurdist pieces have been played so yeah. as we were talking earlier came, yeah uh, this as, afternoon as about in high up. school right we had a couple we had you know the something or other ot surf yeah was like and, that. And, and i got to yell during that that was fun yeah that was freaking awesome and 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 as as people that know how to read music one of the things that was really entertaining about that was that when you look at these when you look at the sheet music for these um Again, it comes back to uh, the um, transaction that's going on between the composer and the performer of the music, where there is a certain point where the person performing the music, if it's something like this, if it's if it's if it's uh, absurdist, where the the performer goes, ah, I get the <laughs> right, uh... yeah, okay, I get the joke, right, and then it becomes part of the fun for the performer yeah. to see if the audience gets the joke. And that's the yeah. third piece of the transaction. Yeah, And that's great because if they get the joke, then that's awesome. And if they right. don't get it, that's hilarious. Yeah, exactly. That's just <laughs> like, as fun. <laughs> yeah, it's a win-win. Yeah. Um, you know, I mean, the audience might feel awkward, but the people doing it are going to love it. Right. Uh, either way. Yeah, it's... It's so, ugh. Yeah, I really, I really, really like that one a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll be honest, it's been a week since I've seen it. I don't remember the second half so much as I do the first half. Of Ur. Of Rimshot and Rough and Rupture. I don't remember so much. Um, the third bit, I'm, I'm trying to, because that was the one that I watched all the way through. Uh, oh, I'm, 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 I'm gonna, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna. Oh, it was the, um, it was the pipes, and then. Oh right, right, and, and it was the kind of the competition between the pipes and the drums, and then it was, um, <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, right. and then yeah, and then Rutcher was. Uh, it gets really weird between the snare player and the marimba player. That's right. I mm. that yeah. But I, right. yeah, but I mean, by that point, it's it's leaning less on the performative and more on the technical, which is not a problem. Yeah. It's just, you know, oh, no, and it's still that he decided to take it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I will sit and watch technical prowess. It Heck is yes. great. Uh, yes. I think I've I think I've said it on this show. The uh, the thing that Kelly Sudakonic said about, uh, you know, how she basically has like uh a fetish for people who are really great at what they do of like, right. <laughs> like capability porn. Right. Right. <laughs> like if you're just like awesome at whatever it is you do, I want to watch you do that. It's great. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, yeah no, once you get uh, yeah, to a certain level, I'm just like, wow, how look, how did he play that? How did yeah. she do that on that instrument? Cool. Right. Right. 
It's like, wow, you're you're downright amazing at this thing. I want to watch you be downright amazing at this thing longer. You know. Yeah. 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 Why wouldn't I want to sit here and watch you do this? Yeah. Exactly. Um, and yeah, like you were, uh, we were texting about this earlier today. And yeah, you were talking about when you were uh, at IU, some of your music major friends would invite you to watch their thesis or their, yes. you know, their like final exam performances. And yeah. you said it was a, a similar stuff to this, the like really experimental, difficult, complex. Yeah, I, I had a handful of friends. This is this is one of the things that I really loved about being um, kind of a, a nerd that hung out in the wings of the, the music school community um, was that uh, I was in the marching band and a lot of my friends were, you know, doing music majors. And so they, they would get ready for their, um, they would get ready for their, their uh, senior thesis. And then, you know, invitations would get out, would go out to, you know, the, the folks that they knew or the, you know, the folks that they wanted to be there. And um, there were some, I mean, for the, um, most of the ones that I went to, and I think I went to like, I don't know, 13 or 14 over the time that I was there. Um, most of the ones that I went to, it was, um, you know, let's do something by a skilled composer that writes specifically for this instrument. And it's usually people that you wouldn't know. And, and it's folks that honestly, I've, I've kind of forgotten. They've, they've gone to the back of my mind. Um, it's folks that music nerds would know immediately, uh, particularly like, you know, uh, wind instrument folks, but, um, they're not common household names, and so I'm not going to try and pull them out of the far recesses of my mind. Um, yeah. But there were there were a few uh, that I went to. I remember going to one um, percussion one, and then I remember going to one. Um, uh, it was a, it was a group of friends, um, and they, sure. they they did their thesis piece together, um, but one of the percussion ones, it was very much like watching a Kechel piece. And I don't know, I can't remember to this day what, what it is that they performed, but I just remember the fun of, because at the time, uh, this is, we were all, you know, in our um, late teens, early 20s. This was during a period of time where, especially you and I, um, were very much into awkward humor and meta humor and <laughs> the the gag of the performance being the gag itself and so i quite enjoyed uh the moment where these guys running around on stage and um they 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 got this really nice kind of pseudo blue man group but not really um pattern going of they would throw uh, a stick at one of the instruments and then the next person in the light jog behind them would catch the stick and then they huh. would stop and they would kind of musical chairs uh, a part uh, a part of the piece on one of the instruments and then they'd look at each other and they'd go ha and then they'd do another light jog around until they stopped in musical chairs again and part of the performance was throwing the stick at the musical instrument that they had just played and having that stick get caught by the other guy. And totally. there was a few times where the stick got dropped, but <laughs> it was, it was cool. I mean, it was, it was neat yeah. because at a certain point, you know, I was like, ah, I get it. I get it. This is, this, this is, this, this is performative. This is, you know, as much 
a a a prepared musical piece as it is, you know, look how weird this is, you know, and, and I really <laughs> dug it for that, you know. Yeah. And any of the any of the folks that did the weird stuff like that, I was like, right on, right on. Yeah. Shoot that shit directly into my veins, man. I love it. Yeah, yeah. You add that extra dimension, that extra level. Yeah. Uh, layer to it yeah it's yeah. it's fun it's exciting and yeah. it's when brilliance has a sense of humor it's just transcendent yeah. it's so i'm much also now ruefully entertained by um how much dimension sounds like dementia because you, <laughs> you said um uh, when you add that extra dimension and i was like are you gonna say when you add that extra dementia I was yeah, like, because you, know, you could when, go either direction. <laughs> when, when when you tragically forget half of the symphony as you as you play it, right? <laughs> um, but uh, so, yes, um, so that's I mean that's just one of them. Err. Yeah. Um, and then there was another one. This is the the counterpoint I was talking about. Um, five R's or five jazz stuka. Um, these R's are racket, rebop, reeds, rhythm, bone, and brush, and riff. And they're just like kind of normal songs. They're like right. one or two minutes each, and they're just right. normal and accessible right. and straightforward. It's it, They have theme and structure, and <laughs> there's a beginning, middle, end. It's, uh, it's, it's well done. Uh, and it's it's very interesting to be like, well, yeah, yeah, I can do this. Yeah. But anyway, yeah. this is more fun. I'm gonna be over here doing this. Um, but yeah, just from going from er to er, just wanted to get make sure we covered that one. Um, how about I want to talk about match because I uh, love yeah. match. Yeah. Yeah, Did you end absolutely. up watching the whole thing or skipping around? I watched um, about the first five to six minutes of match, and then I had to jump a little bit to finish it. But I mm. got the I got the major like I would watch for like about a minute and a minute and a minute until okay. I got through to the end of match. But I watched enough of it that I kind of got the idea behind it. You got the gist, yeah. Yeah, match yeah. is one of my favorite things I've ever seen, and uh, the 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 version of it that i'm gonna link in this episode it was actually uh done down the road from uh both of us in stanton virginia oh neat That's yeah cool. stanton's a cool little artsy college town that no one lives in and they're they're sort of isolated and you get artsy neat stuff coming out of there mm. um and so match is two cellists basically playing a game of tennis against each other with a percussionist as the judge. And the, the percussionist is there behind a marimba and they have a bass drum and tambourines and shakers and bells and all sorts of stuff. And it opens, the cellists are like, they're doing their bow similar to how you swing. It's like a backhand uh tennis swing right and they're hitting their bows against the cello to make a yeah oh and it's so good it's so good because it does it totally sounds like 
uh, watching uh, tennis players. I love it. Yeah, absolutely and, love it. And throughout the whole piece, they're they're banging the bow on the string so that the strings hit the fretboard mm-hmm. to get that click. They're hitting after the bridge where the strings uh, are tightest and shortest, and they go down to where you attach them. Uh, that sort of like atonal, just high-pitched metal sound. They're knocking on the wooden shell of the cello with their knuckles. Yeah, um, that part was awesome. They're they're drumming on the wooden shell with their fingertips. Uh, they're making all sorts. That's like every noise they can think of to get out of the cello. They're doing that yeah. all while they go back and forth, and they're doing dong dong. They're doing that. They're also doing. You know, complicated, you know, heavy metal right. riffs, yep. heavy metal bluegrass. How many notes can I play per second? Riffs. And then someone will appear to fumble and the and the judge points her arm at the cello who got the point. And I love it. And so yep. now it's their turn to start. <laughs> yep. And it's just it's so wildly entertaining and inventive. I keep saying yep. inventive about this stuff because it's so great and it's well, just I- I've not seen something like this. (laughs) Yeah. No, that's the thing that's been so much fun about these is that um, all of these, uh, but but KKL most definitely, um, all of it is so very original and and just stands outside of the realm of normalcy. And it's the weirdness (laughs) and funness of it that makes it so charming and, and makes it so much fun to sit and let it you know keep playing and it's like okay this is weird okay this is weird where are they gonna go next okay this is weird all right, all right where are they gonna outside go the realm okay, of normalcy weird. yeah i like that that's yeah. exactly what he is it's beautifully outside the realm of normalcy and it's it's that it's the charm in that weirdness that kept me addicted to watching and and if i had had more time i would have watched them end to end as a matter of fact i may have to go back and finish watching stott's theater from end to end i really enjoyed that sure yeah it's yeah. it's an hour long but uh but yeah totally totally worth it it's it's a check yeah. it off for sure but right. but match uh my two favorite parts of match mm-hmm. <laughs> well my three favorite parts of match it's it's about tw- 18 to 20 minutes long, depending on who's doing it. Right. Um, and at one point, I th- on the video, I, th- I think it's about eight minutes in, the judge is watching it, watching the action, watching the action, and then she she has a, a dice cup 
like for Parcheesi, and she she rolls dice onto a table and adds it up and says, okay, you get the point. And then she looks back at the dice and adds it up again, and she goes, oh, no, you get it. <laughs> she she re-rewards the point right, <laughs> to it. the other cellist. Um, at one point, the, the, the point is over, and she sticks her arms out to indicate, okay, it's this person's turn, but the other cellist keeps going, and she oh, has her whistle, yeah. and she goes, tweet, yeah. and he keeps yeah. going, tweet, <laughs> he keeps going. He's oh, going. Great. Yeah, he loudly yells it. No! Yeah, I love that. And the other cellist is like, hey, hey, what are you doing? What are you doing? <laughs> like whis- right. stage whispering to him. It's so funny. And yeah. and and then it goes back to, you know, another, you know, five minutes or whatever of wildly impressive music. Mm-hmm. Uh and then the game ends when one cellist can't play anymore and he, and he falls over dead. <laughs> and the reaction is the, the the surviving cellist stands up and shakes hands with the judge and everyone bursts yeah. into applause. <laughs> <laughs> it Which is, is fabulous. It's yeah. so funny. That's one of those things. Even if you know the joke, it doesn't spoil it because it's pantomime and yeah. you know... It's all the performance. It's mm-hmm. so great. I just love it so much. Yeah. Um, but you mentioned St- Stott Theater. Um, God, Stott's Theater was so weird. Oh, I loved it. It was so, so, uh, it was so out there. You yeah. kept referring to it as Dada, which is one of those where I've tried my best. I, I swear to you, I have tried my best through the course of my life, especially in my years as an English major, to try and wrap my head around using the term Dada-esque to describe something or something as Dada. And there was a point in my life where I gave up because I was like, uh, I remember a friend of mine um, back when I was in um, one of the, like, made a language or some uh, themes and symbology classes uh, or themes and symbolism classes talking about how the term Dada itself could be used to describe things that are Dada-esque, and it becomes ultimately recursive at a certain point. So it was one of those yeah. where I tried to <laughs> I tried sure. to free myself of referring to things as Dada because um, it, I just found that any time that I tried to wrap my head around something as being that in that way, I got more and more increasingly confused. So I have, I, I've, in the course of my life, I've had to point at things that other people have referred to as Dada and go. Oh, you mean that it's fucking weird. Got it. (laughs) (laughs) Or, oh, you mean that it takes a chunk of things from this normal and it takes a chunk of things from this normal and it hand gems them together like it's weird bread pudding. Okay, I understand now. 
I, I just, I can't yeah. do, I can't do the over encroaching label for it because it just, I don't know. It breaks my brain. I but think. Anyway, rant over. I, <laughs> I, I think that what makes it Dada is more the purpose. And for me, calling Shot Theater Dada is frankly me being lazy because I don't get it. That's fair. Um, <laughs> Good. That's <and>, two of us. <laughs> and. <laughs> And because the purpose of Dada is to eschew meaning, yeah, it is meaningless by design. It is right. anti-art. Absence of meaning by design. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, I mean, you can look at Stadt Theater and see these hundred performances of guys crawling around uh, with bicycle horns for hands, right. um, or a guy having a record on his face and holding a screwdriver or an awl or some sort of spike up to it while a a recording of a record plays. Uh, And then he starts scratching it all over and and you hear, you know, coming over the the phonograph offstage. Um, If you can find meaning in it, more power to you. I doff my hat toward thee. Um, I didn't. I, and I, I 100% am willing to believe that that is my fault. Yeah. That's it, on it, me. And it's not Dada. It has some meaning. But to me, it seemed like uh, goofy on purpose, absurd, meaningless on purpose. But I could be wrong. I haven't studied him. I just met the guy. <laughs> yeah, I'm kind of in the same boat where it's like I, I could also be wildly wrong about my interpretation of Dada. But uh, it's more one of those where I'm just like, this is confused. This is confusing to me, and I'm enjoying the fact that it's confusing, and I'm reveling in my uh, uh, feeling like a luddite right now. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, that's another. If it's um, very, if it's above my intellectual level, mm-hmm. then that's frustrating. But if it's Dada and I can wrap my head around it, oh, then it's much more fun and easy. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> right, right. It takes the punch out of feeling stupid. <laughs> like, oh, no, I'm dumb. Oh, yeah, right. oh I don't no, like it when I'm dumb. <laughs> it's not that I'm dumb. It's that all of this is Dada-esque. Ha-ha! Got you guys in my mind trap. <laughs> <laughs> you fell for my Dada puzzle. Exactly. Now that you're in, you'll never get out. Because any time that you try to tell me that there's actual meaning behind it, I'll tell you, wow, that's rather (laughs) (laughs) Dada-esque. Yeah. And if you explain uh, the meaning behind it, oh, that's just pataphysics. Exactly. Uh, Ah, Footnote, ah, two episodes ago. That was good. That was good. That was good. That was, wow. Um, Nice. We did it. Bring her home. We did it. We are winners. All right. Um, so, but yeah, it's so, it's, yeah, some of them are like five seconds long. Some of them are like two minutes, but, and, uh, and that was, that one is under the category of stage performance, not composition. Um, cause I, there's barely any music involved. Um, it is just a, a, uh, uh, performance piece, not a musical piece. Right. Um, 
but yeah, the if you uh, if you search for it, the video you will most likely see is from I think it's from the seventies, um, and I want to say it's from like German television in the seventies, um, and yeah, it's like probably five or six sort of plain looking men taking turns acting out these bizarre little miniature scenes of you know <laughs> you were texting me yeah. when you started watching it and it was like ha 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 he's wearing flippers <laughs> yeah yeah it was great i was like doing a play-by-play for dan i was like this, this, this mf for a shrek wearing swim fins it's like, yeah what the heck am i watching it was great it was yeah. so fun but yeah it, but i need but. to jump in and i need to note that part of the importance of the way that it was recorded was the audio portion because at the end of the day Kikel is a composer and his interest was in creating music so when you watch Stats Theater uh, the thing that stands out is how impressive the audio effects whether it was um, the, 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 the audio of the performance piece uh, came through. Whether it was uh, a person walking past in swim fins, uh, painted green and looking like Shrek. Um, <laughs> whether it was uh, a blue pa- plastic bag that finds a green, or no, a blue plastic bag that finds a pink plastic bag. Oh, yeah. They begin to find love before they are scared <laughs> away by a self aware Roomba that's painting a uh, white picket fence. Um, Regardless, the audio that's associated with all of these is exceptional, especially especially the cracker, the dude eating the cracker, the cracker sounds, the recording of the cracker is incredibly good because that's what he was aiming for. It was it was theater as well as much as it was excellent music. And this is the other thing I was going to mention about um, RRRR that also is present in Stotts Theater. What are you laughing about? Yeah. I haven't looked into his I haven't looked into his uh, wiki too much, but I have to wonder how much this dude wanted to be a fully artist and never got the job. Because so much of what he's doing it it dovetails really nicely the stuff that you and I have talked about with um uh oh heavens what was uh, Peter Sellers other group the the one that we did the um the goon show the goon show yes the the music for the goon show um and some of the other uh kind of silly fully artistry stuff that we've talked about oh from the uh, the BBC radiophonic that's it yeah radiophonic orchestra radiophonic group radiophonic right yeah yeah this this feels like someone that tried to get into that group and Mm. was told no you can't be in and so he was like fine i'll go make amazing music that features fully artistry myself (laughs) boo on you (laughs) too german yeah right (laughs) (laughs) i mean it was it was the 60s so there could have been yeah, a they, part of that yeah 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 like old a, wounds yeah one of the uh i think it's on live at leeds there uh keith moon starts doing 
his uh, German gibberish. Right. Pete Townsend goes, they're always causing trouble. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh. Ooh, dear. Oh, yeah. that's so good. Yeah. Well, they did bomb them for seven years. I mean, yeah, the, Brits, yeah. the Brits had a bone to pick. Yeah. Yeah. They're cool now. Germany's cool now. They've been yeah. cool for a long time. They're yeah. good now. No, no, like Eddie no. Izzard said, there's there's kids with beards. It's okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's been enough generational turnover that there's a lot of, like, we don't talk about that part of our fucking Yeah, they're like, no, we, we don't do that. That was yeah, bad. Exactly. Grandpa sucks. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, but, yeah, so, um, yeah, Stadt Theater is, uh, if, you, if you search... Uh, Mauricio Cahel, that's, and it's K-A-G-E-L, Cahel. Uh, that's probably the most common video that will come up. It's about an hour long. And yeah, it's really neat and interesting. It's sort of, yeah, it's just, I don't know. It's, it's, uh, I was going to say it's sort of like video version of background noise, but that's not fair. That's not accurate either. It's No, it's not. It definitely sucks you in. Because you're like, well, because they're bite size, and so right. you're like, well, that was neat. Well, what's the next one? Well, what happens yeah. now? Yeah. It it reminds me of um, so because they are weird. They are some weirdos. No, they're all great. They're, they're they are they're all great weird, for how weird dudes. They are. <laughs> the, the, other, the other thing that I really like about Stotts Theater is that um, it um. It pulls from, yeah, fuck it. I was trying to be highfalutin and, and, and try to use, <laughs> you know, fancy brain shit. I paid for these two fucking degrees on the wall. I might as well try and sound highfalutin, but um, I, I'm not going to. Um, reminds to hear me a lot. Text, them, yeah, right. Them preformance artists is fancy pantses. Yeah, exactly. Um, no, it reminds me of... Um, Fingertips by They Might Be Giants, which is oh sure um, yeah twenty five pieces, all of I don't which understand are you. yeah I don't understand you yeah. yeah yeah yeah, and they're all less than a minute long. Every one of yeah. those is less than a minute long, and that that piece, Fingertips, and this piece, Stotts Theater, have a, a a common theme in that the um. The transaction between the listener and the performer is short enough that you don't get bored. It also reminds yeah. me a lot of the the thing the Sex Pistols talked about, where it was like, "Well, if you don't like the song, it'll be over in a minute and a half, and then we'll start another one." You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, so, it yeah. reminds me of one of the bands that I've been revisiting, Flat Earth Society. Okay, um, I don't know them, but they're good. Yeah, uh, they're. Right. Uh, where are they from? The Netherlands or Belgium? Something like somewhere over there. All right. Um, Denmark, maybe one of those countries. Um, but they're some of the tracks are will be thirty seconds long, twenty seconds long, and it'll be the sort of germ of a song. And you're like, oh, yeah, that would be, if you kept doing that for five minutes, that would be a whole song. But they do it. It's like, here's how that would go. And then they go on to the next song. And you're like, you wrote a whole song. You just didn't repeat it a hundred times. Exactly. Right. And that's kind of what's going on in Stout Theater and Fingertips, where it's, you did a whole thing. You just gave a tiny little chunk of it. 
instead yeah. of yeah. doing it four more times. Yeah, I th- I think that's really cool. Yeah, that's always been one of my favorite They Might Be Giants songs. I never had, I, I don't think I, I was like the only one of my friends who didn't have those records in middle school. I, um... What, Apollo my, 18 and... Yeah. My, my nerd buddies down in North Carolina introduced me to TMBG, and I was just in love from there. That's yeah. That's one... Like you and I have talked about, you know, we, we've had kind of made a conversations about, you know, our musical interest. And, you know, I, I've said in the past that I have to I have to thank you for a lot of the explosion of my musical interests into uh, actual artists and, and people that could play shit and not just top 40. But TMBG, well, they, I mean, they were there art from, to that for sure. They're artists. Well, yeah. But. They might be giants. Was there that they, uh, from the start for me? Uh, I mean, that goes all the way back to. I think that was it was either Tiny Tunes or it might have been just before Tiny Tunes. But that, that that's yeah. so faint back in the far recesses of my memory at this point. I just remember They Might Be Giants was a thing that you found out about, and it was it was almost like you it was it was like treasured knowledge that was being handed down to you when you were a kid in the. Uh, early 90s it was like have you ever heard of yeah giants and then you listen and you're like oh my god they're so good you know <laughs> yeah your your arty friends that uh ended up in the in the drama club yeah, or exactly. in the marching band right, or in right. the jazz band or right. on the robot team yeah you yep. know they they uh they were the ones who were like, "Oh yeah, hey, you want it? I got a new CD. It's good. He yeah. he sings a bird of house in your soul." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. But have you heard of? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Anyway, oh, yeah. Um, no, they're great. So um, yeah, let's do. Oh right, Zeta. fingertips. Stop theater. That's what we were talking. Yeah, stop stop theater. And I don't know how much more you want to do on stop theater because I think we've just covered the kind of the, the the general concept behind it it really sure. depends on how much you want to go down into the acts or not because uh, i totally want to get to convoce uh because yeah 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 <laughs> yeah um yeah let's do convoce for sure that is hilarious yeah so the thing i really enjoy about convoce is that um it is a um it is a a performance gag it is yeah uh for our audience uh our very limited audience having now obviously uh slavishly listened to every one of our episodes you'll know what i mean when i say that it's very space ghost um convoce uh with voice with voice yes um i'm not going to give away too much of it but i am okay <laughs> i think we should just give it away all right well just you give see it, away. it from the first second that it begins yeah yeah that's fair so it's it's three very very serious um brass uh players that have yeah. uh set themselves up on a stage with a full audience ready to listen to them play and it's a pair of trumpeters and a trombonist and they, they are have eyeing sheet music in front of them yep very and they are Yep, very fancy and dignified. Right. That they're eyeing me, the audience with deadly seriousness as yes. if they're about to blow them away with this music. And they raise their instruments to their mouths. <laughs> and what comes out is... <laughs> <laughs> 
the thing because I love about play, it. When yeah. you play a, a brass instrument, a trumpet or a trombone, you're supposed to go. Right. You have to right. you have to vibrate your mouth and have yeah. the embouchure and everything yeah. for the for the notes to come out. If yeah. you just go, if you just blow in it, it goes. And it's as it's it's as much a gag. It's I'll tell you, it really hits it, it really hits hard as a gag if you're an ex band nerd because. Yes. You've seen the brass players do exactly what these guys are doing to get the spit out of their instruments for years. Yeah. And it's yeah. a weird sound. And you kind of turn around whenever you hear it. And you go, that's a weird sound. I've never heard a horn make And that it's sound. like you're blowing you your go, spit the on the carpet. Ew. Yeah. yeah. What is that? <laughs> oh, I'm just getting the spit out before I play. Right. They do this for five minutes. Yeah. And the whole time yeah. they <laughs> are they are miming. And 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 gesticulating the act and performance of playing a a a, a very serious trio brass piece, and they're looking yeah. at each other and they're looking at the audience like you know I thought that was good. Wait until this piece comes, you know. And, and they're I love they're holding their horns, they're blowing through the horns, mm-hmm. they're moving their fingers for the notes, yep. and it's in unison. Yeah. So I think they're clear. I think that they're reading music as they're if it probably, was music. They're yeah. doing they're doing everything except right. going. Yeah, yeah. So except that for actually using the proper embouchures to play the horn. Yeah, exactly. They're doing everything else, and, right. and <laughs> the funniest part is when he turns the page. Right. Right. Yeah. Exactly. He turns the page. Yeah. <laughs> right. Very, very seriously. Very seriously. And they have long rests. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> they don't have like a 10 bar rest. Yep. But they just sit there with the horn in their lap. Yeah. And then in unison, they pick them up again. <laughs> yeah. Fucking fantastic. Absolutely fantastic. Love it. The version that I saw, the audience is like chuckling at the beginning, and then about for the last like 45 seconds, they're just sitting there with their horns in their lap, and people don't know if it's done or not. Right. And they're like. Yeah, and then they all look at each (laughs) other, and they soberly nod at each other. And they go yeah. and they pick up their their stuff and they get ready to leave the uh, the yeah. stage. It's fantastic. It's oh, so it's good. so good. Yeah, it's so fan friggin' tastic. Yeah, yeah convoce, c o n v o c e. Oh my yeah. god, it's so funny. And again, just like the rest of these, even though we've spoiled the joke, mm-hmm. it's a hundred percent as funny as it would have been. It's the joke so good. itself is still fantastic. Because you it's get worth the, it just the joke to happens it. in the first second, so yeah, right. You know, it's like but then it get carries out for the next five minutes. <laughs> yeah, it's the joke is the execution. Yeah, absolutely. all of all of this stuff, mm. the the beauty is in the execution, right? Not what's on the page? Yep. Oh my god, it's so <laughs> awesome, and with the ones we talked about, especially Con Voce. As well as some, some of the facets in Match, um, and uh, the one we didn't really talk about, uh, Lard Bruit, 
for a percussionist and, a, and an assistant. That one is um, more artsy. It's not as engaging. It's still awesome. You know, yeah. it's it's an it's an A minus instead of an A plus. It's awesome. Right. Yeah. Um, but what made me love Match and Convoce so much is the performers have my favorite thing from like I keep saying pantomime, but the thing from classic clowning. It's just a clowning technique, which is the dignity. Someone walking with so much dignity and self-respect right before their pants fall down. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, that's that smug idiot. Yeah. And they're coming out there dressed in their, you know, their tuxedo because they're playing important music in front of a fancy audience. Mm-hmm. And they raise their horns together and they go... and you have to just crack up laughing it's so Mm -hmm. silly yeah oh my god it's so good and it's the blending Cahill's blending of music and theater it's like the opposite of musical theater it's not musical theater it's not theatrical music it's like it's combining it's theater like a magic trick Mm-hmm. Yeah. Once the guy brings out, you know, the box of death or whatever, you know what's going to happen. Someone's going to go in and it looks like they're getting stabbed and set on fire and chopped up. And then they come out and they're fine. You know what's going to happen. Yeah. But the execution, the performance of it is everything. Yep. That's exactly it. Yeah. Uh, and and it's- yeah, it's like watching magic tricks. Yeah. It's so fun. And you know that it looks spontaneous, and the reason it looks spontaneous is because they've practiced it a thousand times. Yeah, exactly. Because they're giant dorks. Yeah. They're like the geekiest geeks who want to get it just right, right. so that it'll look uh, spontaneous Also, in, in front of the audience. Also, I have to wonder now, how many times Kekel has been performed as like a senior thesis uh, uh, as as a senior thesis for people because oh, when wow. you break it when you break it down when when you go right down to what it is it is a composer's sheet music yeah and it is incredibly technical it's very so, technical very yeah. difficult so it's like if you wanted to score high technical points as somebody, so I, I, I've never completed a musical degree, so I really don't know how this works, right? I got but, three of them. You can well, have, no, I don't, I don't have a degree. Fantastic. I've been looking for one. Um, that's good. <laughs> got it on it, the black market. Yeah. That's good. It can go next to my uh, my my uh, official certificate of participation in the, um, <laughs> the 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 Great Signal Flakes Rally. Um, but, <laughs> my, my participation award for the nineteen eighty eight uh, presidential election. <laughs> that's exactly it. Yeah, uh, you, um, you, you can't be elected if you're six. It's true. It's bullshit. It's true. Yeah, the um, that whole kid president thing they used to push on Disney and Nickelodeon. Turns out it's an abject lie. Uh, Ugh, hate it. Bunch of 
jerks. Cannot believe they filled me with such a horrible false narrative for the purpose of uh, inducing humor. Anyway, um, <laughs> the um, <laughs> the Kikel no, not wow. false narrative to induce humor. Good lord, who would Diabolical. do such a thing? <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna go write a lengthy Twitter rant on this. Um, the um, yeah, the Kikel piece is uh, looking at um the the music itself in um google images it's ridiculously technical i've done a few um audition pieces and some technical pieces uh in order to to level up uh to to challenge up for first chair in um some different bands and some different ensembles and so i one of the things that i do faintly remember is that the greater level of technicality to the piece uh again depending on the person that was actually doing the judging or or you know doing the scoring uh yeah. often the um you know the 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 higher points you could get i think that's definitely one of those where it would be kind of your mileage may vary depending on the professor or depending on the person that was listening to your music but if you were a highly technical professor uh I could see a someone, anyone out there in the wide world of music picking a Kikel piece uh, uh, as much for the purpose of getting the technical points as getting one over on their professor when the professor finally sits down to watch the thing get performed and goes, wait a minute, <laughs> hold on, this is a big joke, you know. <laughs> yeah. But I don't know. Sure. I I, I, I'm kind of uh, living in that fantasy now that, you know, it's uh, you're pulling one over on the professor by uh, <laughs> practicing Kikel 500 times and then nailing it the night that you do your uh, senior thesis piece. What I'm yeah. trying to say is that I would like to go back to school and do this now. Yes, okay. <laughs> and so you shall. Bing! <laughs> um, something I was thinking about as I was uh, going down this rabbit hole um, on YouTube, uh, it made me think of the crossover on the Venn diagram between jazz and classical music. How yeah. they perform, maybe not stylistically, but how they perform similar functions. How they mm -hmm. how they operate similarly. Um, you have right. a, a a big group. Mm -hmm. Uh, many different instruments uh, right. you have to have some sort of conductor usually mm. um, not not necessarily but yeah I mean you don't need a conductor and you know a, a quintet or a non-at um, but there is some sort of reasonable control yeah. you have a you have a map you know if nothing else you know Eddie's going to take 32 bars and then Frank will take 32 and for his solo and then mm -hmm. you know we'll do four you know eight bars of a drum solo and then we'll go back to the head you know we, there's there's some sort of roadmap in place mm -hmm. and most of all what made me think of it is how jazz and classical are both from the beginning and then it accelerates how they push the boundaries of music what it is what it can do you know uh not you know in the the 1700s 1800s each you know wave of music sounded you know was 
had the same reaction of you know Elvis dancing on Ed Sullivan. What is this noise? Yeah. You can't you know. How uh, could you? Uh, yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's the the stories about how uh, you know when certain composers um, premiered a new piece, uh, it, a riot broke out. I can't remember mm-hmm. who. I want to say it was Wagner, but don't quote me on that. I forget who it was. Um, there's also Beatlemania, right? Yeah. Yeah, it's similar. Yeah, um, mm-hmm. you know how if uh, if Amadeus is uh, a documentary, which I believe it is, <laughs> then uh, <laughs> I think it's a found footage documentary. Amadeus, um, Amadeus. Anyway, yeah, the, yeah. I mean, you know, he's the young buck getting all the. He he's the the young, you know, pop idol getting all the getting all the ladies. Right. Um, but similarly just from a musical standpoint pushing the boundaries of what it is when you look at um ragtime to dixieland to big band to bebop to hard bop to fusion you know it's it it evolves it's it takes 20 years to evolve and then it takes 10 years and then it takes five and then two years later you're sounding totally different than you used to right it's this accelerating um uh evolution of of music and you see it in the same thing in um classical and i i wonder if it's because you have this growing body of the genre and more and more you can look at the changes as they occur easier you know you don't have to wait for an orchestra to come to your town or you don't have to go to paris or to berlin to hear or you know to florence to hear an orchestra you can pick up the record you can get the sheet music from the from the general store you know Mm -hmm. you can see it on tv you can watch it on youtube and that accelerating uh availability yeah. leads to now you can you know you don't have 50 songs at your disposal you have 500 you have 5000 5, 5 yeah, million right. exactly um, yeah. and that leads to oh that unlocks possibilities in your heads and mm-hmm. um, as far as that overlapping those two sort of fields of jazz and classical you know if you look at uh, it's almost a hundred years since rhapsody in blue from uh gershwin yeah which was uh you know revolutionary for its time Mm -hmm. of combining classical with jazz elements um and trying to sound like a city right you know was the the idea of trying to sound like the like the trains and sound like you know downtown um and then uh, like in the 60s, you had Charles Mingus doing that, the sort of experimenting with improvisation, but it's uh, also tightly Mingus controlled. Was so wild. Yeah. Mingus was amazing. I love Charles Mingus. He's mm-hmm. He was from Mars. That dude yeah. was just like, let's go. It makes me think of uh, when uh, Cab Calloway uh, had uh, Dizzy Gillespie and I, I don't want to get it wrong which of the other bebop founders was in his big band i know dizzy gillespie was i forget which of the other big bebop founders was in the band if it was uh if it was that's one where you're outside Parker? of my knowledge comfort zone so i just don't 
I feel Charlie like Parker? it was Charlie Parker. I could believe it. Being, the, anyway. I could definitely believe it being Charlie Parker. But he was one of those guys. Yeah. Uh, and but uh, Gillespie was definitely in uh, Cab Calloway's band. And he, when they would go off and play their bebop, he would say, "Oh, you're playing that Chinese music," because he just mm-hmm. didn't get it. It just right. did not compute. And that was right. just a ten-year age gap. Yeah. Um, yeah. Or maybe twenty. I don't know. But. Um, See, Arachidi in Blue in the 20s, Mingus in the 60s, Cagle, excuse me, Cahill in the 60s, 70s, 80s. Uh, then, like, in the 90s, 2000s, you get, like, John Zorn uh, doing the combining jazz and rock and metal and classical and avant-garde. Um, and, and generally then, weird. <laughs> and weird. Uh, and Zorn. today, you go on YouTube and there's... 10,000 people in their bedrooms yeah. doing the most impressive, right. uh, stylistically impressive, technically impressive, yeah. uh, overlapping, melange, lasagna impressive right. Right. Uh, of these combinations and mixtures and oleos and how you take samplings from these 20 things and make it your own invention it's it's really really cool yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and it's it's uh it's taking it it's again going back to these these old weird guys it's taking it from being purely academic to just a bunch of weirdos yeah. It's like, I'm a weirdo in my bedroom. Here's my guitar. Yeah. I'm a weirdo in my bedroom. Here's my clarinet. You know, and yeah. doing... I've never seen someone do that with a French horn. You know, it's... Mm. it's. I've never seen... You know, going back to the... To Ur, the first part of Ur. I've never seen someone use a sheet of paper as an instrument. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and it, it it's, it's one of those where part of the fun and part of the reason that you tune in is to be um, amazed and surprised at the level yeah. of weirdness and the end result, the the masterful end effect to being weird. Yeah. Yeah. I, I just, I just adore it. And I'm, I can't wait to uh, wake up tomorrow and, find 20 more pieces that he did <laughs> absolutely yeah mauricio cahel k-a-g-e-l he is something else mm-hmm. hats off to that guy hope he wasn't bad <laughs> that would suck yeah yeah we still we, we <laughs> no, nothing nothing so i've been actually <laughs> doing this I've, i haven't seen anything one. saying he's yeah. a bad guy i've been briefly kind of <laughs> glancing at his uh wiki and I haven't seen anything that really stands out to me as like, oh, he was, you know, actually also a Nazi or anything like that. I haven't seen anything <laughs> right. like that in the wiki. Um, yeah. Oh, he also killed seven guys. Oh, no. Yeah. Right, right, right. Until his tragic slaying by police after murdering 50 men. Yeah, no, I haven't. doesn't look like that's a thing. So yeah. I think we're good. Yeah. Um, his infamous piece, Hitler wasn't so bad. Oh no! <laughs> oh no! <laughs> oh, what are you yeah. doing, Mauricio? Right, you right. killing me? That reminds me of um, I, I'm going to tangent real quick on um, 
uh, on Twitter this morning, um, one of the Twitter accounts that celebrates women uh, was celebrating, it was like the last day of June. So for Pride Month, they were celebrating a woman who is a known lesbian who is also an Olympic gold medalist. And they ended the tweet nebulously with, in June 1944, she was gunned down by the French resistance. All of the history nerds jumped on there and they were like, she was a Nazi. You forgot the part where she was a Nazi. You didn't include in the tweet that she was a Nazi. (laughs) Oops. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That yeah. makes a difference. <laughs> yeah. It's like, it, it's like you know, they, they wanted to be like, look at this wonderful girl power that, that occurred a century ago. Uh, 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 oh, it's a Nazi. Oh, she was a Nazi. <laughs> Oops. Oopsies. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, minor detail. Yeah. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. hopefully that didn't uh, Yeah, that's why we tell. I mean... It, as far as we know, he's fine. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I, I, yeah. Oh, yeah, that's why with the Futurist Cookbook episode, I was like, oh, by the way, they're all bad. These right, guys right. are bad, but they made this weird book that's a lot of fun. Let's, uh, let's do a quick Google search here for uh, Mauricio Miguel. <laughs> um, I'm going to type in controversy is he bad? and see if I get any bad. Yeah, right. <laughs> there you go. There you yeah. go. <laughs> is there anything. just a website that can they add that on wikipedia born right, right. died town they were from yeah, are they good uh, or bad <laughs> right 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 i'm actually googling that right now is he bad um <laughs> no i'm not seeing anything that really stands out um you know kind of i'm, I'm just kind of uh, uh, let's let's do. Um, I think uh, if if we this doesn't need to be part of the show. I no. think. Anyway, long story short, there's nothing in the Google results that makes it look like he was <laughs> something stands out that makes him an abjectly terrible person. So that's I mean, good. He's he's a man from the past, so you gotta right. you gotta yeah. check. You gotta he lived between check. 1931 to 2008, and he was an Argentine German composer. So the possibility of bad shit coming out of right. his mouth, or or him deciding to do bad actions, uh, right. it's uh, well, that's it's the on thing the is, possible scale. So, when you yeah. see Argentine German born in the 30s, you think, oh. That, isn't that when all the Nazis left Germany and went to Argentina? No, 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 no. That's not him. He's the other way yeah, around. It's his, the other way around. Yeah. He was yeah, his born parents, in Buenos Aires, Argentina yeah. to an Ashkenazi his parents Jewish family. Fled Russia yeah. yep, because exactly. they were uh because they were Jews. And so yeah. they fled oppression, went right. to uh Argentina. He was yeah. born there. He went right. to Germany. Right. So this it's is not, the fiddler on the roof community getting the hell out of Russia. Yeah, this it's is not, it's backwards. Yeah. From yeah, it's the other way around. The, from yeah. what the bad ones did. Yep, 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 yep. yep. It's lest, all right. So lest you were worried. That is uh, Mauricio Cajal. Uh, unless yeah. you've got anything else, I don't want to cut you off at the knees here. No, uh, no, no. I'm not, my, I'm not using my shins. That's good. That's good. Uh, bloody stumps. Bloody stumps. Um, all right. Well, yeah. I. Um, God, I can't. There, there. I had a very salient thought to wrap all of this up with but um it's kind of fallen out of the other side of my head at this point so i'm not going to even try uh good episode and good series um the 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 uh logic in the absurd beauty in the absurd this is fun um yeah 
deep rabbit holes into weird. Uh, that's always <laughs> my fi- it's always my favorite stuff right there. Yeah. Uh, so that's four like- in a row that were weird dudes. Maybe the next one will be someone normal. We don't know yet. Who was our fourth? Uh, probably not. Huh? Who was our fourth? Yeah. Was it Mike Patton? Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah, so he we was the start down one. the rabbit hole with Patton. And then, yeah, and Patton, then we get Jari, yeah. Futurist Cookbook, yeah. K- Cahill. Yeah, yeah. Join us next week when we uh, uh, perform a uh, complex explication of um, uh, uh, crime and punishment. No, that's not true. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Um, yeah, Dan and I have been kicking around a few. Um, I've, I've got some fun ones. Um, got a one or two technical ones I've been thinking about doing as well, but yeah. yeah. This has been good. This is fun. Yeah. All right. You wanna, are you singing us out or am I singing us out? I am. All right. Take it away, man. <laughs>